Sirah, a biography of Muhammad, the last messenger of Allah, written by Professor Dr. Safwat Khalilovich. Chapter 40 Charter of Medina First Written Constitution in the History of Mankind Biographers write that the Prophet, peace be upon him, was in Medina for the whole time from his arrival in the month of Rabiul Awal to the month of Safar next year. In some seras, they note that he spent about seven months in the house of Abu Ayyub al-Ansari until his mosque was built and adjacent to it, the house that he moved to. The Prophet used that time for the internal organization of the newly established community. In addition to the construction of the mosque and the fraternization of the emigrants and the answer, the Prophet also drafted a document regulating the relations between the emigrants and the answer on the one hand and the Medinian Jews and idol worshippers on the other. That document is known in history as the Charter of Medina, and it was drafted in the year the first of Enoah Hijrai, soon after the Prophet's migration to Medina. The Charter contains precise provisions related to the members of the Medinian society, which was multi-religious and multicultural. It is important because it is considered the first written constitution in the history of mankind. Similar codes made by Aristotle, Confucius, and Cotely were actually not constitutions implemented by a ruler, but instructions written for rulers and scholars of political studies. Even Aristotle's Constitution of Athens is just a historical description of the city-state of Athens. The Charter recognizes the Jews and their religion and guarantees full religious freedoms. It treats all important administration bodies and the specific needs of an emerging polity, such as defense, legislation, judiciary, and law. The Charter represents a turning point, a new chapter in the life of Islam, as it is a fortunate combination of spiritual and secular elements. Text of the Charter of Medina The Charter of Medina has 47 articles. It contains the principles on which the first state in Islam was established and it laid the foundations for the rule of law. It abounds in human qualities, social justice, religious tolerance, and cooperation in the interests of society, so everyone should study and understand it and commit its principles to memory, as it is of a paramount importance. We will provide its integral text here. In the name of God, the Compassionate, the Merciful, One. This is a covenant given by Muhammad, the Prophet, concerning the believers and Muslims of Quraysh and Yathrib, and those who followed them, joined them, and fought with them. 2. They constitute one community, Ummah, as distinct from other people. 3. The emigrants of Quraysh are bound together as they were before Islam, and shall pay the blood money among themselves and ransom their prisoners in kindness and justice. 
4. The Benu Auf are bound together, as they have been so far, and they shall pay the blood money, following their custom. Every clan of theirs shall ransom its prisoners with the kindness and justice. From 5 to 11. The same provision, likewise, applies to the Banu Said, the Banu Harith, the Banu Jusham, the Banu Al-Najjar, the Banu Amr ibn Auf, the Banu Al-Nabit, and the Banu Aus. 12a. The believers shall not leave anyone among them destitute, without helping him pay his blood money or ransom for prisoner. 12b. No believer shall take a freedman, Mewla, as a word without the consent of the freedman's previous master. 13. Every pious believer must rise against whosoever seeks to commit injustice, aggression, or sin, or spread mutual enmity among the believers, even if he be his own son. 14. No believer shall kill another believer in retaliation for an unbeliever, nor shall help an unbeliever against a believer. 15. Just as God's protection is one and indivisible, so the humblest of the believers may grant protection to someone which would be binding to all believers, Jewad. The believers are brothers to one another, to the exclusion of other men. 16. Any Jew who follows us is entitled to our assistance and the same rights as any one of us, without injustice. 17. Peace for believers is one and indivisible, so no believer shall enter into a separate peace without all the other believers. The peace conditions must be fair and equitable to all. 18. In every military campaign, our members shall help one another. 19. All believers shall avenge the blood of the believer who has fallen fighting in the way of God. 20a. Pious believers follow the best and most upright guidance. 20b. No idol worshipper from Medina shall be allowed to provide protection to the property of life of any Qurayshite or life of any Qurayshite to prevent a believer from fighting them. 21. Whoever kills a believer without righteous cause shall be killed in retaliation unless the family of the killed agrees to blood money. Until the family is satisfied, the killer shall be subject to retaliation by each and every believer. 22. It shall not be lawful to any believer who has entered into this covenant and believes in God and the judgment day to help or shelter a criminal. Whoever does so shall be cursed by God, and upon him shall the divine wrath fall on the judgment day. Neither repentance nor ransom shall be accepted from him. 23. Whenever there is a contention among you, the matter is to be referred to God and to Muhammad. 24. The Jews shall share the spoils of war, along with the believers so long as they fight on the side of the believers. 25. 
The Jews of the Banu Auf are one community with the believers. The Jews have their religion and the Muslims theirs. This applies to them and their words, except the unjust and the criminal among them. For such person harms only himself and his family. 26. To the Jews of Banu el-Najjar apply the same rights as to the Jews of Banu Auf. 27. To the Jews of Banu el-Harith apply the same rights as to the Jews of Banu Auf. 28. To the Jews of Banu Sa'd, as in Article 26. 29. To the Jews of Banu Joshem, as in Article 26. 30. To the Jews of Banu Aus, as in Article 26. 31. To the Jews of Banu Thalaba, apply the same rights as to the Jews of Banu Auf, except the unjust and the criminal among them, for such person harms only himself and his family. 32. The Jephna, a clan of the Thalaba, enjoys the same status as the Thalaba. 33rd. To the Banu Shutaybe, apply the same rights as to the Jews of Banu Auf, and honesty is protection against treachery. 34. The wards of the Thalaba enjoy the same status as the Thalaba. 35. The friends of the Jews enjoy the same status as the Jews. 36a. No one of the foregoing shall join a military campaign of the Muslims except with the permission of Muhammad. 36b. It shall not be forbidden to one to take revenge for a wound inflicted upon him. Whoever murders anyone shall expose himself and members of his family to punishment, unless it be the case of a man who was wronged, to him God will forgive. 37a. The Jews shall spend their wealth, and so will the Muslims. They shall help one another against anyone who attacks the parties to this covenant. Their relations shall be fair and friendly, and honesty is protection against treachery. Thirty-seven B. No man shall be held liable for his allies' crime. Assistance is due to the party suffering injustice. Thirty-eight. The Jews shall share the spoils of war along with the Muslims so long as they fight on the side of the Muslims. 39. The town of Yathrib, Medina, shall constitute a sacred and inviolable territory for the parties to this covenant. 40. A person under protection shall be considered equal with his protector. He shall not be done harm or injustice. 41. A word cannot give protection to anyone except with the permission of his protector. 42. Any unresolved difference or dispute between the parties to this covenant shall be referred to God and to Muhammad, the Messenger of God. God is the guarantor that this covenant shall be fulfilled in the best and most scrupulous way. 43. Quraysh and their helpers must not be helped or sheltered. 44. 
the parties to this covenant must come to the assistance of one another against whoever attacks Yathrib. 45a. If the Jews are called to make peace, they shall be bound to make and maintain peace, and if the Muslims are called to make peace, they shall be bound to make and maintain peace, except when the war is against their religion. 45b. Everyone shall be responsible for the area they live in. 46. The Jews of Evs, as well as their words, are entitled to the same rights as the parties to this covenant and to the goodness and charity by the latter. Everyone to whom this document pertains must abide by it strictly and not violate it. Whoever fails to do so shall be held responsible for his deeds. 47. This covenant shall constitute no protection for the unjust or the criminal, whoever goes out to fight, as well as whoever stays in Medina, shall be safe unless he has perpetrated an injustice or committed a crime. God and his messenger shall grant protection to whosoever abides by this covenant. Review of Principles and Legal Standards in the Charter of Medina The Charter of Medina is divided into two different sections. Articles from 1 to 23 concern the Muslims, while articles from 24 to 47 regulate, among other things, the relations with the Jewish community. Article 25 reads that the Jews make one community, Ummah, with the Muslims. This article guarantees their right to life, property, and freedom of religion. The Charter makes no mention of Christians, because there were very few Christians in Medina at the time. The Charter of Medina laid the foundations for the rule of law as all citizens had equal rights and enjoyed equality before the law. This fact is very important since the provisions of the Charter unambiguously demonstrate that the Islamic society at the time of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was based on legal and constitutional principles. The Prophet was committed to organizing the life of his community on clear legal principles and explicitly laying down the rights and duties of each member. One of the reasons of the weakening of the Islamic societies in the period after the Prophet and the first four caliphs is certainly the fact that many of those who were in charge of those societies neglected the legal and constitutional aspects when creating their states. Without solid laws and regulations clearly, Determining the rights and duties of rulers and their subjects, no civilized society can survive. It is interesting to note that the Prophet's previous covenant with the Muslims of Yathrib during the first and the second pledge of Aqaba was a verbal one. That was not the case with the Charter of Medina, which was rendered 
in writing, as if the Prophet, after establishing himself in Medina, wanted to put all that on paper to make the rights and duties incorporated in the Constitution and law available to everyone. The Charter refers to the rights and duties of many people and tribes that comprised the society of Medina and its environs at the time, which leads to the conclusion that its text was a result of discussions and agreements reached by Muhammad, peace be upon him his aides, the companions, the selected representatives of Medina, and other interested parties in it. This means that the Charter of Medina is not a unilateral act that is an expression of will of one party, but was created on the most sound basis of democratic governance and debate of the interested officials in the city and the area around it. As a document, this constitution was not enacted or granted by a ruler to his subjects. The Charter of Medina contained very important legal principles and standards as follows. The unity of the Muslim community without any discrimination. The equality of members of the community with respect to rights and honor the cooperation of the community, members without injustice, sin or enmity to one another, the participation of the whole community in regulating their relations with enemy. One believer cannot negotiate peace on his own without participation of the others. The establishing of the society on the best, most proper and most just laws the obligation to confront rebels against the Islamic State and its constitutional order, and the prohibition to help them, protecting all who wished to live a life of peace and mutual assistance with the Muslims and preventing violence and injustice against them. The non-Muslims are entitled to their religion and property, are not coerced to embrace Islam, are not dispossessed of their property. The non-Muslims are also obliged to help the state financially as are the Muslims. The non-Muslims are obliged to cooperate with the Muslims in defending the state from any enemy. They are to participate in the funding of a war as long as the state is in war. The state is obliged to assist every one of them to whom injustice is done, just as it is obliged to assist a Muslim to whom injustice is done. Neither Muslims nor others are allowed to help and shelter the enemies of the state and their allies. If making peace is in the interest of the community, then it is an obligation of all its members, Muslims and non-Muslims alike, to accept the peace. One cannot be punished for a sin of another, and nobody has the right to harm another. The state guarantees freedom of movement within and outside its boundaries. The unjust and the criminal do not enjoy protection. The society is based on the principle of mutual assistance in good deeds and piety, not on sin and enmity. The referenced principles, that is, their implementation in real life, shall be guaranteed by two powers. a. The power based on an idea, manifested as the faith 
in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His supervision, and b. The material power manifested as the state administration represented by Muhammad peace be upon him. The charter of Medina is an irrefutable proof that the Islamic State was founded on social justice, that peace was the starting point in the relations between the Muslims and the non-Muslims, and that the principles of truth, justice, and assistance in good deeds and piety, the work for the common good, and the foiling of the unjust and the criminals from doing harm to society were the most prominent values supported by the Islamic administration and state. The Charter also clearly tells that Islam shall not disturb the non-Muslims living in the Islamic State or persecute them on the account of their beliefs or restrict their rights. It is owing to this fact that numerous non-Muslim communities, primarily Jewish and Christian ones, not only survived in Islamic societies, but also enjoyed full freedom of religion, culture, and social development. The history of Islam offers incontestable proofs that in the lands ruled by Muslims there were Christians and Jews who worked as prominent physicians, teachers, philosophers, merchants, businessmen. This was possible owing to the spirit of Islam and its magnificent teachings on freedom and equality of all people, irrespective of their religious, ethnic, or any other affiliation.